Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. John Jastrzemski. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The WFAN. It's 9.06. Here on this Friday evening. Happy Friday one and all. It is JJ John Jastrzemski. A little late happy hour. Taking you through the next two hours right here on the fan. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. And this guy did such a fantastic job for us last year throughout the draft process. I figured we'd get an early start before virtual combines, before we hit April. And I know free agency is going to change a whole lot. But to get a sense for who he likes, who he doesn't, who he's buying, who he's not, we welcome in from Bleacher Report, a man of many talents, NFL draft guru, my dude, Connor Rogers. Connor, it's JJ. What's happening, dude? How you doing, man? JJ, always good to talk to you, man. What's going on? Connor, pleasure's all mine. And I can tell you right out of the gate, from a New York Jet fan perspective, you're not getting that from me, but from the Jet fans I talk to, this would have been a lot easier a process, I think it's fair to say, if indeed they had that number one pick in the draft. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> You're absolutely right. There'd be no good conversations on the radio about the New York Jets with the NFL draft if they got the number one pick. So I guess in that way it works out. Uh, they would have been taking Trevor Lawrence. Anybody with that number one pick, no matter what you hear, these next couple months would take Trevor Lawrence. So now the Jets are in a situation where – You know, that decision would have been easier for them moving on from Sam Darnold. It would have been Trevor Lawrence, no-brainer. I still think ultimately they will move Darnold, you know, leading up to the draft. That's what I think will happen. But they're having those conversations right now. New coaching staff meeting a scouting staff for the first time, going over the quarterbacks in this draft. And there's a handful of them that are going to go in the top ten of this draft when the Jets pick a number two overall. It makes for a really interesting conversation inside that building right now. No doubt. Now, I've made the point, Connor, that look, Sam Donald's been dealt an insanely bad hand the last few years. I think we all know that. The Adam Gaze debacle, the talent around them, changing systems, changing coaches, the whole deal. But I just have a hard time envisioning that you're going to have happily ever after here. Now, maybe that makes me a skeptic. Maybe Sam Donald proves me wrong. The sense I get, though is that if you have a new coach coming in and you're looking to implement a new program, don't you want to hit the ground running if you're in love with one of these rookie quarterbacks? To me, if you're in love 
with either Wilson or Fields or whoever, don't you go and take him with the second pick in the draft? That's exactly right. There's a lot of implications here, right, when you look at it, because people get caught up in the argument of, well, Darnold was the top three pick. You know, Darnold hasn't – it's not his fault entirely that he's failed, although some of it is. Let's, let's be real with that. There have been problems as well on his end of things. Uh, there's cap implications here, right? You know, in the spring, they're going to – the late spring, they're going to have to make a decision, or whoever has the rights to Sam Darnold is going to have to make a decision on his fifth-year option that is going to exceed $25 million the following year, and that's a lot of guaranteed money. I don't care what kind of crazy quarterback contracts we see in this salary cap world. That's a lot of money for a guy that is absolutely an unknown at best going into this year. There's another thing in play here, no matter what, and I've heard a lot that the Jets' new staff does like Sam Darnold. Let's not forget they prepared to play against him this year, so they've watched the film on him before they even took this job in New York. Let's not, I mean, when you look at it right here, there are really, really good quarterbacks in this draft, and Joe Douglas did not draft Sam Darnold. So when you're looking at this, if those quarterbacks grade out even equal to what he views Sam Darnold as, you move Sam, you're probably going to get a second-round plus, right? When you look at that, it's comparable to a trade you know very well with Josh Rosen, probably a second-rounder, maybe a fourth or a fifth in return as well unless the bidding gets crazy. You can use that asset to take another piece to build around your young quarterback that is very cost-controlled for the next four years because the rookie wage scale is so low. And then for the first time in a very, very long time in Jets history, you have the head coach, the GM, and the quarterback all aligned on the same timeline for once. Okay. Now, if you're going with one of these quarterbacks, I know it's early, and Connor, I promise you're allowed to change your mind between now and the end of (laughs) April. But who do you like more at this point? Is it Wilson, who kind of fits that big body profile, that big arm profile, that I'm sure teams are gushing over after watching Justin Herbert and watching Josh Allen mature and develop over the last few years? Or is it Justin Fields coming out of the bigger program at Ohio State? Who right now do you think is the leader in the clubhouse to be that second pick if it's a quarterback? And who does Counter Rogers like a little bit more? Well, to be the, the leader in the clubhouse, I think right now is Zach Wilson. Now, I'll give you the huge caveat here, JJ. It is that medicals are going to be colossal in this process. You're talking about a player that has had shoulder surgery in the past that while he's listed 6'3", 210, a lot of scouts I talk to think he's going to come in about 6'1", 6'1 right around that weight. So that's going to be interesting when you talk about body type and holding up in the NFL. But you just look at the film, you look at the talent, I don't care that he played at BYU. He's really got it, and he's got it for this offense. They are going to be running the Kyle Shanahan offense. They are bringing that over with the hire of Michael LaFleur, their offensive coordinator. Teams like the Packers, the Titans, the 49ers, that's the kind of stuff you're looking to replicate. You want a quarterback that can roll out, that's athletic, that can push the ball vertically off of play action, especially when they cut the field in half. I'm not saying Justin Fields can't do those things because he absolutely can, and he's very, very good quarterback in his own right. I think both him and Wilson are top five overall players in this draft class, and we didn't even get into Trey Lance, who's the ultimate wild card in all of this coming out of the FCS. But I think for the Jets and for a lot of teams that are even looking at potentially trying to trade up, and even for myself, I think it's Zach Wilson by a very, very slight edge. And the only reason I leave the door open that that can absolutely change is you have to be comfortable with medicals, which has changed a lot 
of the draft, a lot of different, you know, early selections in the past once you get inside and those deep dive medicals. There's no private workouts this year, which makes this a big challenge. And, and I'll tell you right now, both of those guys I think will interview well. I know Fields really was an all-world kind of leader at Ohio State. But it, I think right now, by a small nod, it will be Wilson. Connor Rogers breaking down the ins and outs of the NFL draft, which will be here before you know it. Check him out on Bleacher Report. Connor, the Dolphins are picking at three. I'm praying there's going to be a team that wants a quarterback. How realistic is that? I think very. I think the Good. Dolphins, what their internal discussions are right now is, do we like a player enough at three where we won't move, or are we going to get the trade package that we want? Which talking about a team that has a lot of draft capital in the first place. They can make some moves in free agency. Uh, they obviously are going in the right direction by far after the season they had. I know it's disappointing to not make the playoffs, but definitely trending in the right direction under Brian Flores. Now I think the Dolphins answered the first question early on in their offseason. Are you going to look at the quarterbacks of this class, or are you going to really build around Tua? The coaching hires they've made on the offensive side of the ball tell me they're going to build around Tua, and I think that makes sense. I don't really care what the national media or how quickly people sour on Tua, move on from Tua. You look at the injury he was coming back from last year, you've got to give him some time. You've got to build an infrastructure that really is tailored to his skill set. And at number three or moving at a number three, you have the potential to do that. Now, I'll say this, J.J., if, if they stay at three, the interesting debate to me is if you take Jamar Chase to add to your wide receiver room, really a special player, or if you take a guy like Penny Sewell for your offensive line, really a guy that will be a stalwart on the offensive line, a pro bowler, I think, for the next eight to ten years. That's how special he is. Or do you look at that pick? A lot of teams want to jump the Falcons. The Eagles at six, I think they'll be in the quarterback market. They'll look to move up as well. The Panthers at eight, they're absolutely dying to upgrade at quarterback, and they're letting everyone know it. Broncos at nine as well. So, and those are just the teams in the top ten. So the great thing for the Dolphins is I think they'll be able to squeeze a little bit of draft capital out of somebody in the top ten, not move that far back, and still get one of those blue-chip guys. You think there's a significant difference between Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell? I don't. I think the difference is what you're looking for to add in the offense. I would say Waddle and Chase are pretty close in terms of grades for me. And then Devontae Smith is, is right there, just a notch below. But I think what I, what I mean by that is Chase is a guy that he's going to win at the catch point. He's going to win breaking tackles after the catch in the w- middle of the field. Waddle is going to be the next version of Tyreek Hill, just somebody that will run by whoever is in front of him, can stretch the field, can open up your run game, can take a screen 80 yards to the house, and was the best returner in college football before getting injured as well. So, and if those two guys are gone or one or Smith's in that, you're going to get one of the three, and the difference is not that big where Miami still comes out with a win. Giants, they need help on offense. They were a boring, lackluster offense. <laughs> they didn't have any big play capabilities with Saquon Barkley out. And this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones, Connor. I don't think there's any question. I think they need to go and get an offensive player. Um, I know they have needs on a defensive line. I know you always can make the argument best player available. I mean, I see guys like Waddle or Pitts or whoever. I feel like the Giants got to get one of those dudes. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. I think they know that. I, I think that you're assuming Dave Gettleman still has full control over Joe Judge in this decision. I, I think that, number one, obviously Daniel Jones was Dave Gettleman's guy. That was a bold pick, and we're still waiting to really see how it turns out for the long haul. 
you got to set them up and give them a chance. You've already said that, hey, you know, they're not going to be looking at quarterbacks. They're going to commit to Jones this year, and you nailed it. It's either Kyle Pitts where you get this mismatched tight end. It's either one of the three wide receivers that makes that at the top ten that you and I just discussed. I think that makes a ton of sense for the Giants just to add to their skill talent. And let's not forget, Dave Gettleman is a guy that is not afraid to take skill talent early. He took Christian McCaffrey top ten, Saquon Barkley top ten. Curtis Samuel is going to be a free agent. That's a guy he took in the second round in 2017 after McCaffrey. So maybe the Giants, you know, kind of come out in free agency and address their wide receiver woes then and leave the door open at 11. And if Judge is really banging the table to get some help on defense, because we know how badly they could use an edge pass rusher as well, assuming they bring back Leonard Williams to give some help next to him. So I think when you look at it, the guy that I outline over and over again, and I think he makes it there, although everyone else is, saying some crazy things like he goes in the top six. I think it'll be Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. You don't see any comparison. I don't personally, but Giant fans kind of hear tight end early, and I think they get a little queasy thinking about Evan Ingram. And I know Evan Ingram has put up some, some monster games. He's also a guy who can't catch a big pass in a big spot, and he's never on the field. Do you see any comparison there, Pitts, Evan Ingram, or not in the least? No, not at all. Pitts is 6'6", 240, and he might run a 4'4". And Evan Ingram is, on his best day, 6'3", 240. And I don't even think he really plays at that with, with hands that are very suspect at times. Pitts doesn't really drop anything. Uh, he's a competitive blocker, and I don't think Evan Ingram really is often, to be honest with you. I think Pitts is a work in progress as a blocker, but he's competitive. And when you have that kind of frame, I think he can hold up. I, I, he's like Darren Waller, JJ. That's who he's like. Who well, really if you're getting Darren Waller, you're getting an absolute beast. I'll tell you that right yeah. now, Connor. If this kid Pitts and I loved him in Florida is going to be Darren Waller in the NFL, that is exactly what you want out of tight end position. And quarterbacks yeah, love yeah. tight ends. You're looking at a team that with their quarterback, it's a lot of one read throws in the middle of the field, and Pitts can do that. He's faster than every linebacker. He's bigger than every cornerback in safety. Uh, it's the definition of a mismatch player, and everybody wants one of those for their young quarterback. I mean, just look at how good Derek Carr, how much improved Derek Carr was since Darren Waller has really turned his career and life around. You don't have to worry about any of those things with Pitts off the field. He's ready to go, but he's got all that physical talent. Final one, Connor, and I think it's one of the more polarizing questions in this year's NFL draft. Are you a Mac Jones guy or not? I am not, uh, and I guess it depends on, on what level we talk about that, right? I've seen him being discussed as a top 10 pick this week. I've seen him being discussed as a first half of round one pick. I think Mac Jones is somebody you feel comfortable if you're like the Saints at the end of round one, picking 28. You have a top three offensive line in football. You have a number one wide receiver. You have one of the best pass catching backs in football. You have a top three offensive coach in football where the infrastructure is in place for him to come in and succeed as a pocket, a pocket passer like he was at Alabama. That's who he was. Excellent touch throws, can really throw with accuracy at all three levels of the field. It's not a power arm. It's a good arm. It's not a power arm. Fields, Lance, Wilson, Lawrence, these guys have power arms. They can all run. They're all legitimate threats as runners. That is not Mac Jones. And the way the game is going today, you really need to be at least a, a mobile threat to be one of those top quarterbacks. So I think when you look at it for me, it's a tough sell if somebody bets on him in the top 15. And they better have the right infrastructure in place for him to succeed because 
guess what? He's not throwing to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and handing the ball off to Najee Harris behind an NFL offensive, a top NFL offensive line anymore. And Connor, because everybody's trying to figure it out, I might as well have you join in the party. Where's Deshaun Watson playing football next year? Oh, man. You know what? It's really tricky right now because the Texans, it's true. They will not pick up the phone and discuss any trades. And at some point, you would think they decide they have to change their minds because this can get really, really dicey. If you wait till summer, well, we know those five quarterbacks we just discussed, including Mac Jones, they're going in the first round, right? I don't think a Russell Wilson trade happens, but there's the threat of it. A Sam Darnold trade where he's going to be a starter somewhere. There's the threat of that. Jameis Winston in free agency, he might get a starting job somewhere where he signs. So, the door starts to close on the teams that are willing to pony up four first-round picks, and you also don't have control of what you're trading for anymore. If you made a trade with the Jets today, you could pick number two, and it's not fun, but you reset your franchise with Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. You wait till after the draft, you have no guarantees of that, and that is a really dangerous game. Look at what Houston has already done, uh, considering where Miami is picking with their selection. So, until they make deals, it's hard to gauge. I, the Jets, I think, would be involved. The Bears would be involved. But I'll tell you right now, J.J., if this thing really opens up in the next two months before the draft, I'll tell you right now, the Panthers will do everything they possibly can to get Deshaun Watson. I'm with you on that. I think the Panthers and the other team I throw in there, the Denver Broncos with John Elway. Even though he's out of the mix now, he's always in somebody's ear and he loves quarterbacks. He's been wanting one since Peyton Manning. Wouldn't be surprised there. Listen, Connor, I'm sure this will not be the last conversation we have between now and draft day. Keep killing it, man. Love your stuff. Love your coverage. Keep up the good work, all right? Thanks so much, JJ. Have a good weekend, man. We'll talk soon. There you have it. Connor Rogers, good stuff there as we're getting ready for the NFL draft, which will be here before you know it. Not a Mac Jones guy. Thinks the receivers are close. And the leader in the clubhouse with that second pick in the draft, Zach Wilson. And right now, since I get Jets, they're in love with him. He's going to be the pick. 877-337-6666. Lot to chew on from what we just heard there. And why I agree with Connor's sentiment on the wide receivers and why we're all on the same page with who the number one guy should be and quarterback at two for the Jets. If you love them, that's the way to go about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 